Welcome to the podcast of JanetMichelle.com. Tune in and hear from women representing diverse business industries, sharing their glow up moments, imparting knowledge, and offering tips that support women in becoming the best version of themselves in life and business. This is a podcast you do not want to miss. Hello, beautiful people. It's Janet Michelle, your blogger bestie. Welcome to episode three of the JanetMichelle.com podcast. Here with me today is author, registered nurse, and ARNP candidate, Tiffany Walton, CEO of Neat Health LLC. Thank you so much, Tiffany, for agreeing to do the interview. I really do appreciate it. You're welcome. All righty. So do you mind telling the audience a, a little about yourself? Sure. My name is Tiffany Walton. I'm from St. Petersburg, Florida. I currently reside in Atlanta, Georgia. Here I work as a registered nurse. I am an author and I'm also CEO of Meat Health Services. All right. So it sounds like you two are one busy lady. So I'm just curious, why are you so passionate about nursing? What drives that passion? Um, I believe that my, honestly, I believe nursing for me is driven by my spiritual beliefs mm-hmm. and having the ability to care for life, mm-hmm. human life, which is the one greatest gift of all as that has always been said that, you know, everybody thanks God for life. And I thank God for being able to care for um, people and their health, which, you know, guys, their lifestyle, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so what is it What is it that inspired you to create Meat Health LLC? What was the inspiration behind that? Well, the inspiration behind Meat Health is um, the fact that nursing, um, when, you, when you first become a nurse and you're all new and you go through and they teach you ethics, morals, and values of nursing, and then the more you become educated in the field of nursing, I've been in nursing leadership for the last five years, but the more you, the more you climb the ladder in nursing, the more political it becomes. Mm. And the more political it becomes, the more it leaves the the patient-centered care. Mm. So developing my own makes me have the ability to make the decisions on the type of care that I want to provide. No one's governing that. Mm. And I know that my decisions will stick to patient-centered care. Mm. You know, that is so important, the whole patient-centered care because you know right now in the news there's a lot of talk about african-american women and their lack of medical care right and um just kind of tying the two together when you have medical professionals that are patient-centered then you really can get to you can really get a handle at least in my opinion on closing those gaps when it concerns what that patient needs what are your thoughts on that that is correct and I'm going to tell you that when I'm going to tell you when you're talking African Americans and patient patient centered care, uh-huh. the gap there is the education mm. on receiving care and the education mm. about diseases and disorders. Mm. Okay. And so when when you're looking at um, the, the when you're looking at the African American population, it actually. We can say it's African-American. A lot of times the numbers that are gathered by African and and they're putting African-Americans at the height of the disease and disorders. When they're saying 70 percent of the African-American females 
are HIV in the state of Florida having the highest rate. When they're throwing numbers out there like that, they're not as accurate as they can be. Okay. And so it puts a title on a population. They have to realize that that population is geared away from health because they're not provided the healthiest foods. They're not provided the healthiest lifestyles. So being educated on the ability to eat the proper foods, get the proper exercise, and the proper populate, all about where you're centered at. Mm-hmm. If that's making any sense, I don't want to go too much into no, it. No, it, it makes perfect sense. The, the edu- about you know the education piece being the gap. That's the gap that has that has to be closed. It's providing more patient education on disease and and care and prevention and things of that nature. And I know you are a real big advocate um, for the HIV and AIDS um, population. Yeah. And um, so, do you mind? sharing a little bit about PrEP because it it really doesn't get talked about. I'm starting to see some stuff and I know Chandra Allison, she also um, advocates for that, for the um, HIV and AIDS um, population and you know what I'm saying? So, but I'm starting to see more stuff just trickling out though when it, it and that's after after speaking to you just realizing how beneficial it is to you know the underserved populations of the people in the african-american community do you mind sharing a little bit about prep sure okay now basically when you're talking about prep you're talking about a preventative measure when it comes to hiv okay so when a when an individual and again it goes back to the education and a lot of people don't know this, mm-hmm. but a person who is diagnosed with HIV, mm-hmm. if they take their drug regimen, mm-hmm. it decreases the chance of transmission of the drug, mm-hmm. and it also treats the treats the infection within the individual that has it. So that protects the whole family as a unit. And I'm going to give you an example. Okay. So there's a husband and wife. Mm -hmm. And the husband has HIV. He contracts HIV. So he wants to get care as soon as possible. He wants to get on his drug regimen to help him. And now with HIV, we've got to the point, at one point, um, the African-American population, they treated the symptoms, but not the disorder itself. They didn't treat the HIV. They gave them antibiotics to treat infections mm. because of HIV. Okay. That, was, that was a financial issue. Mm-hmm. But now there's funding out there now through your health department and you got other infectious disease centers that are getting funding to provide even discounted or free regimens for these people. Mm-hmm. Now, now the for the patients, I'm sorry. So now the wife, she's not HIV positive. Mm. So what she needs to do is get on the PrEP. Oh. She needs to get on the PrEP. Okay. Because that is going to stop her from being infected and if they have any children. You see what I'm saying? So that's oh, wow. Okay. That's the education part there. You have to bring that whole family in, and this is what a key is going to be. If he gets diagnosed, he needs to bring the whole family in to be tested. Right. And again, if he's positive but his wife is not positive, she needs to be on that prep. 
Wow. As soon as possible to protect herself. Wow. And see, that's just something we just don't, like I said, we don't um, hear enough about it, I believe. And I think, you know, you helping to spread the word. We have other advocates in the community that help spread the word and hopefully get the word out so people can get the knowledge and the information and not be afraid, you know what I'm saying, to go in or what have you. So um, I thank you for sharing that information. Um, now, what, what type of services that does Need Health offer? Now, Need Health is, is set up to empower the community that we live in, and that's going to always be the the um, that going to be the driving force mm-hmm. for anything that I facilitate. Mm-hmm. So, with with Need Health, we're going to be able you're going to be able to consult with me in reference to placement and long term care, acute care, just questions from the community. I have people that call me all day. This is happening in the facility or this is going on with my mother or father, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'm limited on advice, but I can always educate my community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm open for that. I have students that call that need help with um, NCLEX testing, CNA. I've done um, CNA coaching, assisting with passing tests, T's tests. Wow. Need- Need Health is going to offer all that. I have a young lady now. I'm so proud of her. I did her coaching for CNA, mm-hmm. and now she's an LPN and currently getting ready to study for her registered nurse. What? Exactly. Wow. So those are the things that Need Health is doing, is reaching back to the community, educating and empowering the young ladies in the very community that I come from, which is St. Petersburg, Florida. All right, now. Here, here. <laughs> right. All right, so let's talk about your book, A Caregiver's Guide for Deciding on Both Long and Short-Term Facility Admissions. Um, what exactly is the book about? This book, basically, it, it targets every area of long-term care, basically. Mm-hmm. And you know, so, some people in our community are confused about placement. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that very governance system that I was telling you about before that has kind of lost um, the ethics and morals and values of the patient-centered care, yes. they start to view the patient as a number mm-hmm. without taking consideration the patient or the family. Mm-hmm. So this book allows the family to read it, take notes, tell them what to ask. And so once they see, and I'm, and I'm telling you because I sit on their side as well, mm-hmm. once they see that you have some common knowledge, mm-hmm. just a little, it, it, it stirs them, it steers them to do the right thing. Okay. Because they're thinking in their mind, okay, so she's aware of what we should be doing, so let's do what it takes. Mm-hmm. And that is the key. You know, when I see families that that are not satisfied with their family's care, the patient's care of their family member, mm-hmm. it's because they don't know what questions to ask. Mm-hmm. They're seeing You know, the questions I get, are they supposed to be doing this, Tiffany? And, and I'm saying, well, this is what you're dealing with, and uh-huh. this is what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. this book answers those questions because I can't reach them all. Right, but right. The book, you know, will be able to reach that audience mm-hmm. that and, I can't reach. Mm-hmm. And this is, uh, once again, I always say this is so important because 
going back to what you mentioned earlier about the lack of education and um, we were talking about this earlier today that sometimes you just you don't know the right questions to ask or you feel intimidated as a consumer because you know you don't have a medical background this is the process is totally new you know you're you're everything is on you as the caregiver but it's a role that was you know given to you you didn't ask you know it's just everybody just determined that you're going to be the caregiver you know what I'm saying Um, or you don't have family support so you have no choice but to be the caregiver so to have a tool um, like the caregiver's guide I think it's um, it's much needed um it's definitely timely and it's a much needed piece or asset. I like to say an asset definitely for the community. Um, and just so we can just go back a little bit. What uh, can you give an example like of some questions you might want to ask? Like if you're having to decide on uh, facility admissions for your loved one, like what are some things they should be asking about or looking for? You care to enlighten the audience a little bit about that? Sure. Okay. Sure. The one thing that you that you do want to know, you want to know about the quality. Every year, the state goes out and review each facility, mm-hmm. and they grade them on a quality system. You want to know what the quality results were. You want to know, and and it goes from it can go anywhere from a one star up into a five star. Mm-hmm. And you want to know what they are. If if someone's a three or less star, you want to know why. You want to know what their fall rates are. You want to know what their return to hospital rates are. And when I say return to hospital, if someone, a return to hospital means that either that person came to your facility, you could not service them and had to send them back. Why is it so high? That rate should not be high. You should be able to care for that person in that facility. Mm-hmm. That means that you're not equipped. Mm. So these are things that you need to look look at. Mm-hmm. You need to look at, okay, if this place has uh, frequent fallers and, and people are falling with fractures, all this stuff is listed. The state lists all this stuff. If you have someone that is falling continuously and is getting fractures, what are they doing to stop these patients from falling? You don't know how many patients come into long-term care for simplified services and die mm. leave in a condition that is near death because somebody made a mistake. Wow. So mm. you have to look at it. You have to look at the fact that, you know, you have some places where CNAs should not be caring for more than 10 to 12 patients at a time. That's, mm-hmm. that's expensive if you ask me, depending on the level of care that the patient needs. Mm-hmm. But you have facilities that are bringing patients in because they want the money and then put too much on the CNA who's, who's going to make a mistake somewhere. Mm-hmm. When it's, it, you know, so you got to look at all the dynamics that are going on in long-term care. And so, again, and I want to go back to something you said, like when you're out there, you're searching, you don't have any medical knowledge. We're taught in school, in the nursing system, that it's your job to make sure that family doesn't leave without understanding what you're trying to say, what the education is. You cannot just drop some medical terminology on someone and call it a day. Mm-hmm. You you have to get feedback that says that they understood what you were saying. Mm-hmm. 
Isn't that in like this? No, go ahead. Mm-mm, go ahead. So what I'm saying is if a patient or a patient family member is, all, is ever in a position where they don't understand what the doctor or nurse is communicating, don't leave. Mm. Keep asking questions so they break it down. Okay. You mm-hmm. do not leave, and that, that's empowering yourself. And I'm and I'm not saying you have to forcefully do it, mm-hmm. but that's what this book does. It gives you the right lingo to say to let them know that I need to talk deeper into this. Mm-hmm. Wow! And I like I'm just soaking this all up. You know what I'm saying? Because we even if we're not I'm just thinking like even if you're not being like maybe admitted to a facility or looking for a facility for your yourself but or your loved one but even like going to the doctor you know what I'm saying just your regular doctor's appointments when they prescribe you something but there's another alternative out there you know there's a better form of treatment being able to ask those questions you know what I'm saying like are they caring about do they know the adverse reactions like maybe this is not good medicine for black people you know like I've seen that certain blood pressure medicines um African Americans have a different type of reaction so it's really not a good medicine to prescribe use something different and sometimes like if you don't know that but it and the doctor is not telling you that you know what I'm saying you could put yourself in some real Danger. So I appreciate hearing from another medical professional that the onus really is on the doctor or the medical professional to not allow you to be ignorant. You know what I'm saying? On certain things. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you have to understand, even when you're going to something such as a doctor's appointment, and when you go to the doctor, if you have anything going on if they especially when they start prescribing these medications mm-hmm. because you got to remember that the the note on the door the title on the door says medical practice mm-hmm. i mean they practice in medicine mm-hmm. practicing that's mm-hmm. the key word practicing mm-hmm. medicine so when they give you a prescription you need to be able to monitor how you're reacting to that medication and and this is a good example of that if they give you a hypertension medication and you notice that your blood pressure is still not under control, but you're being compliant with the medication. Mm-hmm. And so you call the doctor back and she adds another medication. She, I know people on three or four blood medications. Wow. That doctor needs to do their homework and find out what medication, what one medication can do with those three are doing. Mm-hmm. And, they, and maybe it can't change, but they need to try. You right. just, mm-hmm. Because your body is going to reach act to the medication some type of way mm-hmm. mm. so, well, you, so you, it's just doing your homework and, and, and knowing your answers and they owe that to you mm-hmm. well I definitely can appreciate that and I'm sure uh, the listeners <laughs> will be able to appreciate that knowledge as well um, and so once again I hope they've been able to glean from this um, from this interview I know I have been and um, before we go what is it that keeps you motivated what is it that keeps you going what keeps me going is is the the passion to be able to help someone to make a difference in people's lives when it comes to their health care choices mm-hmm. a lot of people are getting involved in nursing and health care chasing money and that is not that is not being successful in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. What 
witness your success is the differences you make in people's lives and how you educate them about their health, that they pass it on for generations to come. So one day we can say, we can no, we will no longer have people feeding them, their families the wrong foods, mm. generation to generation, or practicing the wrong social activities that lead to these diseases and disorders. You know, I just want to do my part. I'm in it for the experience. I'm in it to empower my community. And that is what determines to me that makes a person a successful healthcare personnel. Okay. And how can they uh, find Neat Health online? Do you mind sharing the website and stuff like that? Sure. You can go to nhsllc.net. And be sure to check it out. Every month, there's just a different hot topic you can read about, study about when it comes to your health. And you can also purchase the book on Amazon, and you can purchase it on the website as well. Here, here. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much once again. I know you are a busy lady. This is a fact. <laughs> for taking the time out to do this interview um i really do appreciate it and my hope is that the readers will glean something from it and take these nuggets and run with them so thank you so much you're welcome thank you for having me you're welcome take care bye-bye you too bye-bye thanks for hanging out with us if you enjoyed this episode hit that subscribe button and share what you loved or learned with us on instagram at janet michelle blog Stay in touch by joining our Glow Up Game mailing list at JanetMichelle.com.